dirt race here at Bristol. Earlier today, Vince Welch and Michael Waltrip called him out. Oh yeah, baby! They Air said, the baby Blaney won last week after being up in the booth. Joey, you gotta go. And he did and it. And he did. Welcome back to the Full Tank with Phil podcast, the first ever podcast about gambling on NASCAR. Coming back from the week off for Easter and it might just be me, but it has felt like 10 weeks off. I've been jonesing to dig into the odds for an upcoming race. I've just been scrolling through my phone, constantly going back to the NASCAR future odds, just waiting for something to actually play with and look at. So good week off, obviously, but it is long awaited now for this night race upcoming. So this episode what are we doing? We are taking a look back at the Bristol Dirt Race. It's been a while, but we have not had a chance to do that yet. So we will take a look at how we did and talk about that race in general, put a cap on it. Then just a, a couple quick notes about the podcast in general, just very quickly. And then the rest of the podcast is all about Martinsville. No frills, nothing. We're just getting right into the picks. I don't have any rants at the end. It's just fully dedicated to the Martinsville night race coming up this Saturday night. So I'm very excited, obviously, if you can't tell. I feel like a dog on a leash just waiting to get let loose here. So we will start with Bristol, like I said. Now, this may feel like just a million years ago. I mean, for the same reasons I just touched on, but we have to talk about Bristol. I, I, a lot of people have had a chance to dissect it. We have not. So looking at it how did it go it seems like for the most part people generally liked it obviously there were a lot of things that did not pan out the way they would have liked the fact that it was even run on monday instead of when it was supposed to go off all the the rain causing problems and then the dust single file restarts i mean there were a lot of things that did not go well but overall i mean judging by the jeff gluck poll the 78% of the people who voted in the poll said they liked the race. They thought it was a good race. So they've decided that they're doing it again. Little surprise that they announced that mid-race. But, hey, I mean, you know, they're taking a shot at it. And they might as well try to correct some of these mistakes and give it another look. But my biggest takeaway, the thing that I've been just anxious to get out here on a, a podcast was just to say that I wish they would choose a different track. I mean, Bristol is one of my favorite racetracks. Now you're turning it into a dirt race. There's probably some other tracks that they might be able to mess with this experiment. But in any case, the race itself, how did it go? Well, we did pretty damn well with the picks from the podcast. So Logano's your winner, as you heard in the intro there. Complete surprise. I mean, Logano, obviously you see his name in victory lane. You're not thinking surprise, but Everyone, including myself, was so hung up on the dirt track guys, right? The Kyle Larson's, Christopher Bell's, and they were out the window. It really felt like the guys who just approached this race 
as if it was a, a regular race on asphalt, they were the ones that did well. I mean, just really crazy, especially when the, the two big dirt guys wrecked and you had Briscoe in the wall. I mean, it was pretty crazy to see that happen. And the surprise for me was Austin Dillon, to be quite honest with you. I was all over Austin Dillon. I, I you know, preached it on the podcast heading into it. And if you were to tell me that all those other guys, those dirt background guys, essentially had damage and were in trouble, I would have said Dylan was going to run away with it. But pretty concerning that he didn't really have any damage and was getting lapped. I mean, that was a huge surprise to me. And we're going to talk more about Dylan on this episode when we get to the Martinsville picks. But very surprising to me. A, a good surprise what I thought was, you know, very fun to see was somebody different up front. We saw Daniel Suarez. I mean, I guess when you're messing around with these dirt tracks or, or different types of experiments, um, when you're talking about maybe the, the road courses, you're hoping to see some of these different guys. And Daniel Suarez, track house racing up front for a long portion of that second stage there. And he came home with the top five. Really cool to see the lower budget teams doing well. And listening to his team owner, Justin Marks, that guy's just got a good head on his shoulders. And I feel like this team is pinned up against Bubba Wallace because they're brand new teams coming into this. And it feels like they have such a better approach to everything than the 23 car. I mean, this this owner, you would think, great run in Atlanta, great run at Bristol. He'd be like, yeah, I mean, we're waiting for a win. He is not like that. They they are like, yeah, well, you know, we're expected to come back down to earth a little bit here. That is such a cool thing. So really cheering for, for those guys. Really fun to see. Now, Logano was your winner. We did not call him out in the winner's section, but briefly touched on him in the top tens. Not going to take credit for it, but pretty, uh, you know, makes sense. I mean, we mentioned that he can drive anything with a wheel, and he proved that. So very good job there by the 22. We'll talk more about him later. And the real thing to hang our hat on, head-to-heads. I mean, we went 3-0 and in the picks that we you know went deep on. We had our guest pick, Jordan Bianchi of The Athletic. He nailed his pick, which was Briscoe over Stuart Friesen. And then threw a random one out there the day we were recording the podcast, Chris Big Daddy Wyndham beat Shane Golubek. So overall, 5-0 and in head-to-heads. I did not parlay all five of those together. That would have been a hell of a hit. But I did parlay our three and walked away with a pretty penny. So pretty happy with the way the bets turned out. Not, you know, I'm kind of skeptical of what we saw. But overall, pretty decent day um, on that Monday for NASCAR in general, but for the gamblers uh, specifically, feeling it pretty good. So that's Bristol. We'll put it in the recap finally. I know you probably are sick of hearing about it. I just needed to get those thoughts out and kind of th- put a spotlight on that 5-0 head-to-head record there. So we'll be done with the Bristol Dirt Talk for the rest of this season. So just a couple quick notes about the podcast in general. Um, wanted to throw it out there. Our household, we are on baby number two watch at any moment. So um Would love to get podcasts out there if the schedule permits, but just in case you are someone who does listen to this podcast, I'm not trying to take myself too seriously here, but if you are someone who listens and I don't have one out there, uh, just check the Instagram. I might 
have an update there. Just say, hey, not going to be able to get to it this week, but hopefully um, we won't miss one. I'm going to hope for the, the best, kind of expect the worst sort of deal. But regardless, even if we miss an episode uh, on an upcoming race, we'll have some pics out there on Instagram. And I'm kind of hoping the baby's born on a day that corresponds with a good NASCAR driver number so we can get a little parlay going because my daughter's birthday hit earlier this year. And I uh, would love to, we know we got Harvick, month of April, and we got Benedetto, 21. Just need a good middle number there for a nice little parlay. So we're hoping for that. Secondly, as we get through these picks and from here on out. So we've had a couple guests on so far this year. Hope to have them on throughout the year, uh, among other people. But we want to learn from what these guys are telling us. And, you know, we want to absorb the information that they're given. And one of the things I asked Jordan Bianchi the last episode of The Athletic was, you know, what's your favorite stat, your favorite metric? Because he's a big numbers guy. And he threw out there average running position as something that we want to look at. So I'm really trying to dig deep now on getting a little bit better, a little bit more into the the metrics than maybe we have in the past. So I'm going to try to include stuff like that. I mean, this these notes that I have on this episode, I've got average running position out the wazoo. But one of the things that I wanted to call out was my typical website that I go to has been really, really wonky this week. And so because of that, the comparisons and the different stats sometimes aren't apples to apples. So I'm going to be trying to call them out as best I can. What I mean by that is I'm used to looking at the last 10 races. Some sites give you the last six, some give you the last eight. It's just kind of crazy. So you'll hear me sort of call that out. I just wanted to be transparent about that as we move forward. So all good things, though. I mean, we're going to take this and use it to our advantage, and, and hopefully it gives us a, another edge. You know, each metric we, we start to look at and we understand better, just another edge, chance to win some more money. So that's that. Now let's turn our attention to Martinsville completely. Okay, that's all we're talking about. And we got a night race. I absolutely love night races. They are the best. Every It popped up on me and immediately... You know, just made plans to be able to just sit back, relax, have some beers, and gamble on NASCAR on Saturday night. Nothing better, in my opinion. So, let's take a look at Martinsville as a whole. We'll do our typical track stats, right? We've got 144 races to go off of, as far as track stats are concerned. The poll, the winner has started on the poll 21 times, but like we've seen in a lot of these tracks... That's happened a little while ago. Last time it happened was Jimmy Johnson in 2013. So when we get to these older tracks that they've been at over 100 plus times, we typically see a good chunk of the winners starting on the pole, but they're from like the 60s, 70s, and 80s. And as we could see here, almost a decade since it's happened. Winners starting in the top five, however, it's happened 75 times. That's 53% of the time the winners start in the top five. And when we jump to top 10, it's 75% of the time. Three out of four races, the winner has started within the top five. That's a big, big, big time stat. And just to put an exclamation point on that, to try to prove why that matters, starting outside the top 20, it's only happened seven times in the history of the racetrack. And the last time it happened was Dale Jr. back in 2014, 5% of the time. We've seen that happen. Now, as far as any trends are concerned, 
manufacturer trends, that is. If you look at the last six races here, we've got an interesting pattern. So most recently, we had a Chevy win last year in the fall race with Chase Elliott. Then before that, it was two Toyotas. And then before that, three Fords. So we kind of have this three, two, one pattern here. And if you're really deep into that sort of thing and you, you're thinking the gambling gods care about that, then we'd be resetting and we'd be back up to three and it would be the Ford camp that would be up next. So they're going off Ford as a manufacturer plus 150. So if you're super into that type of stuff, maybe lay that bet plus 150. Um, looking at the odds, they've come out. Truex is your favorite plus 500. And looking at this season, 2021, the favorite has not been the pick. Obviously, it's well documented. We've talked about it a bunch about how these winners have just been kind of all over the place. And we have not had a winner that was the favorite. I don't think we've had a winner, maybe Larson at Atlanta, but I don't know if we've had a winner inside like plus 1,000. I think Larson might have been plus 800 at Las Vegas, not Atlanta. Even Logano last week, the, the Bristol dirt race, he was like plus 2,000 because he was a non-dirt track guy. So he was a, a bit of a surprise there. So looking at Truax, I mean, it makes sense. He's owned this place, but plus 500, if you want to go with the trends of 2021, you'd probably stay away from him just because it's been the, the other people. Now, we're not going to stray too far from Truex, but, you know, I'm taking that into consideration. The other thing that you got to think about heading into Martinsville is the off-week storylines. I mean, the guys that have been struggling, Stuart Haas specifically, are they going to continue to struggle? And, you know, we'll, we'll call out Eric Almirola here specifically within that camp. He's really got to do something coming off of this break. I mean, you got to show something now. If you're in that 10 car and in Stuart Haas altogether, but we're going to talk about Almirola in a specific bet coming up. And there are some other guys out there that there's just question marks around. You know, they haven't shown the speed. Chip Ganassi Racing, are they going to rebound? Will this off week give these guys the, the boost, the, the kick in the pants that they need? Or will we see more of this until midsummer, you know, post All-Star Race? It's going to be something to watch for when you're going to Martinsville and something to keep in mind as you're betting. So we're going to call it out when we see it here. So let's get to winners. A couple guys that we like. We typically call out three guys, and I've got them. You know, we're not taking the, the favorite plus 500, but we're going close to that and up a little bit further. We're not getting too long of our odds in, in some of these picks, but I think these are nice, precise, sound picks. There's logic behind them, and that's where we're coming from here. So I like Penske as a whole, but we're going to start with Brad Kislowski. He's going off at plus 600. So can they finish off this Penske sweep? We've had Blaney, then Logano. It would only make sense that Penske would finish it off with the two-car in victory lane this weekend, it just makes sense because they've been so good and heading into Atlanta, it was like, well, Penske, you know, when's it going to happen for them? And then bam, bam, two in a row. So why not make it three in a row? On top of that, he's very, very strong here. He's the only driver in the field that's 10 for 10 in the last 10 races with top 10 finishes. So magic number 10 there. So in his last 10 races, two wins, nine top fives, and as we said, 
10 top 10s. His average finish in the last 10 races is 3.8. That's first compared to everyone going on Saturday night. His driver rating, big stat. We love that metric. He's second out of everyone in driver rating, 113.5. And looking at that average running position, so this is taken in consideration green flag laps where they're running at the time. His average running position at Martinsville in the last 10 races is third. 6.6 is his average running position. That is very, very good for that stat. So in 2019, he had a perfect driver rating, perfect race in 2019, 150 driver rating. He dominated that. You might remember it as one of the most boring races of the year because he had a, a 446 laps led. Just absolutely ridiculous. And I, I vividly remember that because I was bored out of my mind and I did not bet on him, I don't think. So I was kind of pissed off. In 2020, recently, you know, we're, we're throwing these stats out there and you're saying, well, okay, what's he done recently? Last year, he had a third and a fourth. So very good numbers here. If you want to look at points earned, that's another stat that some people cling to. It typically tends to coincide with the average finish stat, but if you look at the last 10 races, he has more points earned here than any driver. So his win came in 2017 and in 2019, both in the spring races. So clearly likes the spring. So if you look at the pattern also for Kozlowski, if you go back, it's like every four races, you could say he wins a race. And if that pattern were to continue, it would be Saturday night. So plus 600, I kind of expected Kozlowski to be a co-favorite. He's not. You're getting him six to one. He's a, a guy that I'm calling out and I'm betting on myself. I like it, that number. I really do. So plus 600 for the two car. Now, we're going to move on to his teammate, not Logano, but Ryan Blaney. He's going off at plus 800. This jumped out to me because I was looking at the odds first, then saw the stats. And as I'm starting to take notes on the things that I care about, Blaney's name kept coming up. So it's not a name that I, you know, when we say we're going to Martinsville, I don't think Ryan Blaney right away, but it actually makes sense. So he's got 10 career starts here and he had a rough first three races, say. I mean, they, they weren't great. But looking at all 10 of those starts, zero wins, five top fives, six top tens. So if you're willing to give up a little bit of money, take that top 10 bet. I'm not that rich to be able to pull that off. He's like minus 220 something to finish in the top 10. I don't like that. But his average finish is 10.7. That's fifth out of everyone. And since joining the 12 car, his average finish actually jumped way down. 6.0 since joining the 12 car. Very telling stat. He moved from the 21 to the 12 and better equipment all around. Just things are starting to click. Kind of feels like he's close to that first win here at Martinsville. His driver rating for his career is fifth, 98.5. And that average running position stat is 8.2. It's good enough for fifth out of everyone. So like I said, he kept showing up on these stats and he's right around fifth in basically everything. He's just close to that victory. Four straight top five finishes here. It makes sense. In 2020, he finished second in both races. So, And there's another stat that we want to look at where it's the fastest lap. So you can kind of set it up. 
to look at X amount of races. And when we're looking at the last two races, total fastest laps on the track, he has 102 of them. That's over 10% of the fastest laps. That's third out of all drivers. So we're looking at Blaney's career, right? 10 races, and as you start to zero in and get more recent, he's better and better. When we look at 2021, he's got the win out of the way already. That pressure, if there was ever going to be some that's building up on that 12 team, they nipped it in the bud. They're good to go. So no pressure. Must feel good to be Ryan Blaney. They know they're locked into the playoffs just about. So now it's all about just going out and performing to the best of their ability. No strings attached. Now, a little... uh, you know, gambling's edge, right? You're looking for anything. Let's talk about this Fox Sports booth situation. I know it's a bit of a meme at this point, but we have to call it out because the last two drivers to do the Fox Sports booth for the Xfinity race was Ryan Blaney at Atlanta and Joey Logano for the the Bristol Dirt Race for the trucks. So it wasn't the Xfinity that time, but still the the Fox Sports booth just has this weird energy where the guys who are broadcasting the day before, they or the race before, they go out and win the race. And who's in the booth this week? Austin Dillon, who we'll get to, who's not he's not going to win the race, but Ryan Blaney just might. So Blaney back in the booth, is that magic still there? I know it's a bit of a joke, but hey, we're throwing money down. I'm, I'm looking at any possible angle. So Ryan Blaney plus 800 could be worth the money. I know that I'm going to place some money down on that in the 12 car. Now going a little bit outside the realm of possibility, maybe. I don't know. Plus 1,200 are the odds for Kyle Busch. When we look at the winners, like I was saying all year long, they've been longer odds And even when sometimes they make sense, when you look at the name, the odds have still been longer. And Kyle Busch, plus 1,200, fits that bill, right? Why not this guy at this place? And when you see these odds, you're thinking to yourself, you know, maybe he's not that good here. But that is not the case. I think what they're getting at with these odds are the fact that he's struggling, at least in the eyes of most. He's struggling for Kyle Busch. There was a lot of talk. If you listen to NASCAR radio or NASCAR social media, just everyone kind of picks on him because we expect that the 18 car is going to be in victory lane a bunch of times. Talking about the crew chief change, how Adam Stevens already has a win with Christopher Bell. What are these guys doing? Is the crew chief, and they already changed the crew chief, so what's going to happen now? All it takes, it's just like Truex, all it takes is one win here, and this off week may help these guys. That would put an end to all of this talk. So when you look at these odds, to me... They're clearly, because of the recent quote-unquote struggles with the 18 car. Now, looking at the stats for Martinsville, his last 10 races, he's got two wins, seven top fives, eight top tens. His average finish is 6.0. That's second out of everyone, and his driver rating is first. Do those sound like numbers for someone who's going off at plus 1,200? They don't to me. Now, his average running position is fourth. 7.0. That's really good. And it really makes you wonder even more, like, what is the deal here? Why are we getting such good value? Now, when you look deeper at it, 
you'll find that he's kind of the opposite of Blaney, where Blaney was getting better race by race. Bush, not so much. He's been kind of like falling off recently and has been not as good as wins came in 2016, 2017. In 2020, he finished 19th and 9th. So whatever way you want to paint it, I mean, you got to call that out, right? Because there's some recent struggles at this track as well. He hasn't been as close to, to being up front, but hey, that average running position stat still holds true. 7.0. That's pretty good. He's up front most of the time here. So I'm considering this the value pick of the week plus 1200. I can't get my head around that. So I'm going to lock it in and it seems to fit the trend of 2021 thus far. So just to recap the picks to win, it's Kozlowski plus 600, Blaney in the 12 car plus 800, and Kyle Busch plus 1,200. Buggity, buggity, buggity! Let's go racing, you bunch of hot dogs! Yes, the Martinville hot dogs back this week. One day, I will get to taste one of those bad boys. So now we're going to move on to the props section, and I'm going to switch it up a little bit. This is typically where we start with the top 10 talk. We're going to move some things around here. we got a couple true props we're going to touch on pretty quickly. Then we'll talk about some guys in the top 10 and then end it with a group bet. All right. A little bit good of a segue there heading into the, the head-to-head matchup. So let's start with the odd or even bet because this one jumped out to me. The odds here even was minus 125 compared to odd number driver winning the race at minus 106 so the odd is the underdog here and that got my attention a little bit i mean you're not getting crazy value for it but still it's still the underdog nonetheless and if you're looking at the odds and then you're hearing the the winner section that we just talked about you might be saying to yourself phil what the hell man there's some good drivers you're not touching on well i think i kind of like the odd in this coin flip bet here, because with the odd, you're getting the guys that we didn't touch on in the winner section, like Martin Truex Jr. driving the 19 car. He's the current favorite. How about Chase Elliott? The last time we came here, he had that miraculous win. His numbers are very, very good at this racetrack. We're not going to get into Chase in detail, but I can tell you, looking at his numbers, very strong here, especially, you know, the average running position. I think he's like sixth on the, the circuit really strong driver rating, good average finish. So like Chase in the nine car and then Denny Hamlin as well. We'll touch on Hamlin in a head-to-head matchup. But if you like the the heavy hitters, the odd seems to be really good there. I mean, we're calling out in the winner's section a bunch of guys who are driving even number vehicles. But if you want to kind of hedge your bet a little bit and throw you know, a big bet on the odd or even, you get these guys as well. So Hamlin, Truex, Chase... Among other guys, obviously, those are your big hitters for odds. So I I like odds. I like the odd this week. Now, another prop bet that I just wanted to call out, because I did mention when we were talking about the track stats, how, you know, there could be a pattern here that's about to unfold. And if so, Ford would be the team that's going to win this weekend. They're going off at plus 150. But if you look at that bet and you want to use your head a little bit, you would say to yourself, all right, well, who's going to be the Ford car to win? It's not going to be Stuart Haas, most likely. I mean, right? That's what anybody who has eyes and a brain is saying based on the results this year. 
So in that case, it would be Penske. And Penske is going off at plus 215. So if you like the Ford camp, I think you might want to dive a little bit further into the Penske bet and get a little bit more value there at plus 215. That's just my thought. Just throwing it out there just because I don't think Stuart Haas, I mean Harvick, that's really who we're talking about. Let's call it the way we see it. I don't think Harvick would be the one to win the race. So if it's not him, then it's the Penske crew and might as well get that value where you can. So that's the prop bet there I just wanted to call out for the team bet. So now we'll jump into the top tens. And top tens this week, they were a little hard to come by. A lot different than the Bristol track, right? Because we were calling out how you were getting great value on a lot of big names and guys who ended up really paying off. Um, We definitely made out pretty well with Ricky Stenhouse in both the head-to-head and top 10 bet. And this week, it's not so much. I mean, we're really digging deep here, looking for value. That's what we try to do in top 10s. We're not taking the, the heavy hitters. We're scanning down the odds sheet, looking for that equator where it jumps from minus money to plus money. And that's where we're spending our time this week talking because the first guy we're going to call out is Alex Bowman. He's minus 106. Now, when I was writing out my stats, looking through them, his name surprisingly came up a a couple times. And that took me by surprise because I did not expect to see him. So immediately went to the odds list and saw where he was for the top 10. And I'm comfortable with it, minus 106. Now, his full career at Martinsville is not awesome. Okay, lately, he's been much better. So in 2020, for example, he had two sixth-place finishes. So really good here. And then, like I said, he jumps out to you on the stat sheet. So his average finish compared to everyone is ninth, 13.3. His average running position is 10th out of everyone, 14.4. So I've actually, looking around at a couple websites, his name has popped up from you know, some expert pick saying that he might be a, a bit of a dark horse here. So I like it. I really do. You now he's starting 20th. So he might be a pretty good pick for your daily fantasy lineup to make up some ground, honestly, um, starting that mid pack position, but Hey, he's got to gain 10 spots. I, I really think that he's someone that's going to be threatening for a, a top 10 and it's a Hendrick car at Martinsville. I mean, they're historically good. So lock it in. Now, speaking of Hendrick, he's going head to head. This is just a, a conversation started here, not an official pick, maybe on race day. I'll throw this out there, but he's going up against William Byron, his teammate and Byron himself. He's very hot and cold here, right? So he finished second in 2019. He finished 35th last fall, last time we were here. So very hot and cold. Bowman has been more consistent between the two of them more recently. So I think that leads me to the 48 over the the 24. But like I said, that's just a throwing it out there, conversation starter, maybe um, look at that on race day and and put that out there on Instagram. Next guy, but I'm definitely locking in, by the way, for minus 106 in the top 10. I really like that pick. The next guy and the, the last guy we'll call out for a top 10 is Kurt Busch. Plus 105. So you have Bowman on the one side and Kurt Busch on the other side of the plus money, plus 105. And his stats are similar to Bowman. They really are. And 
The thing with Kurt that we need to be cognizant of is that Chip Ganassi Racing team. You know, are they going to find some speed during the off week or are they going to continue to struggle a bit? He has had good cars at times. Atlanta, I'm not going to get over Atlanta for a little while, but he's had good vehicles, just hasn't had the finishes. Four top fives in the last five races here. And the one that he missed, he finished 12th. So solid driver at this racetrack. He won all the way back in 2014. It was a long time ago, but still. And more recently, the last 10 races, driver ratings ninth out of everyone. 86.1 is that driver rating. There's definitely a big drop-off when you're looking at the driver rating stat. Um, so that's why he's 86 and he's still ninth on the circuit. His average finish is 13.5, which is good enough for 10th out of everyone on the circuits. And I'll give you one more. One up you again. His average running position is ninth out of everyone on the circuit. So 12.1 for that stat. So fact remains, the stats are here for Kurt Busch at Martinsville. This guy he has the ability to get the car in the top 10 and finish there. The question is, does Chip Ganassi in 2021 have that ability? So I like the one car plus 105 in this scenario. Now to throw another head-to-head matchup your way, just a, a throw in here. Christopher Bell is who he's matched up against. Kurt is the heavy favorite here, minus 143. And Bell He's got two starts here in Cup, both last year. Not great. I think his average finish is north of 20. So, not great. Bell clearly having a little bit better of year than most people probably expected in that 20 car, the the jump to that JGR car. But the fact remains, in, in my opinion, that Kurt, if he can just go out there and be Kurt Busch at Martinsville, I think he's going to be in a better position than Bell and snag this victory. So I'm actually going to do a little preemptive lock-in there in a head-to-head matchup. I'm going with Kurt Busch over Christopher Bell right now. So just two picks for the top 10. Like I said, it's been kind of hard because when you start going further down, the guys you're getting good value on, it's just really hard to find someone that you like based on the the past metrics. So if you like somebody in the top 10, let me know on Instagram, at FullTankPhil, because I'd love to hear about them. Now, the last way we're going to finish out the prop section, I'll consider this a prop and not a head-to-head, is a group bet. So this is where some sports books, they extend the head-to-head matchup into groups of four. And the reason, as a gambler, you would take this shot is because you get a lot better value for the guy that you choose, no matter who it is. And so I'm looking at this group think in most sports books they're going off as group d but don't quote me on that it's eric almirola tyler reddick matt DiBenedetto, and bubba wallace and i'm going with almirola in this matchup plus 260 he and bubba wallace are both plus 260 and reddick and DiBenedetto are plus 245 so you could say that the 10 car is an underdog in this matchup i have faith that the 10 car is going to bounce back. This is a racetrack that he isn't bad at. And when you look at all four of these guys, right? Say you had a, a, a whiteboard and you're writing out all of the stats that you could possibly think of for all four of these guys. If you're looking at the last six races, average finish, driver rating, 
average running position, Almirola is better, and it's not even close. Like, way better than everyone else on this list. So, as you sometimes hear people say with stocks, you got to buy the dip. Plus 260, that's the dip in his stock right now. People aren't thinking about him. But, I mean, he, looking at the stats, Bubba Wallace isn't even in the same, like, time zone as Almirola. And Reddick, I mean, he's a young guy. He's the one that I'm nervous about. Benedetto also struggles here. So, Reddick's the one that kind of scares me because he's the younger guy, only a couple starts, maybe he hasn't proven himself. Um, he's the one that I'm a little queasy on, but I got to go all in. You know, Almirola won us a lot of money last year. I'm kind of it's tough for me to quit him. So plus 260 stands out here. And if you just needed one more little push over the edge for Almirola in this matchup, looking at the fastest laps stat, if you're looking in the last eight races, Almirola, out of everyone, has the eighth most fastest laps. So that right there, I mean, and, and the other guys in this matchup aren't even close. It's like 15th on back. So I know I'm throwing a lot of different stats your way for this one, but the thing that you need to take away is Amarola is the best out of all four of these guys. And you're getting a good value on them here in this group bet. So plus 260 in the 10 car, this group bet, Lock it in if you can get it. All right, all right, all right. So we're going to finish it out this week with the head-to-head matchup section, and this is where we've been pretty good so far through 2021. I'm going to knock on wood there, and we're going to work our way up through these three matchups to sort of a, a powerhouse matchup to cap things off at the very end. So... Let's start, we'll jump right into this with an even matchup here as far as the odds are concerned. Both of these guys going off at minus 115, and it's Austin Dillon versus Ryan Newman. Now, saw this matchup right away, and I had a gut feeling, but I'm scared of it. And the reason I'm scared of it is because it makes too much damn sense. And when things make too much sense, I tend to get a little nervous, and plus... Newman has burned me so many times in the past last year, but he's where I'm leading in this matchup. So I'm scared of it because of Austin Dillon. That's really the the big thing. But let's start. We'll break down here one by one. We'll start with Ryan Newman, his last six races. So that's the, the metric that we're going with here. Six races, two top 10s, five top 20s. We're kind of extending it here for these guys who are mid-pack drivers to count top 20s as something to hang your hat on. So five of those top 20s. His average finish is 15.0. That's good enough for 13th compared to everybody else. His average running position, 15.4. So what we learn there is that Ryan Newman finishes where he runs. He's going to be, you know, upper middle pack, 15th, and that's where he's going to finish. And I don't mind that. His driver rating is 75.1. What we're seeing, he's a model of consistency at Martinsville. He's not great, but he's not bad. He's going to get a paycheck, and he's going to cash you in on this bet. Now, one other thing to mention is that in the last four out of the last five races, he has improved on his starting position, which I think is a pretty good thing to see. And might be a little tough for him to replicate that this time around as he is starting eighth 
starting within the top 10 might be a little tough, but that is something to kind of consider. I, I like that mentality there is that he's able to finish ahead of where he started. And he also has a, a 10 spot head start on Dylan. So now let's get to Austin Dylan because his numbers are just simply not good when we're talking about Nar- Martinsville. Last six races, one top 20. That's right. Remember how we expanded a little bit to include top 20s as things we care about? He's got one of them. His average finish is 25.5 in the last six races. Now, here's something that I think is telling. One DNF in that time span. So that's not going out, driving the wheels off the car and hitting the wall and and wrecking or, or just being too aggressive. That's just missing it. I mean, one DNF in the last six races and his numbers are that bad. All those starts, not or all those finishes rather, outside of the top 20, they're just not good here is what I'm seeing when I, when I put it that way. So the rest of the stats also tell the same story. His driver rating is much lower than Newman, 62.1. His average running position is 20.9, much lower than Newman's. So he does, if you want to cling to something for the three car, if you're a fan of Austin Dillon, he does have more fastest laps at this racetrack, 71 to 41. But I don't think that small margin of victory in that metric makes up for all of the other stuff we just laid out there. And head to head at this track in the last six races, Newman has a 5-1 lead or record. So for all of those reasons, I'm picking Newman. It makes too much sense, but we'll see if we get burned by it. I like it. Minus 115. Lock me in. The next matchup we have here is one that got my attention only because of the odds. And I have to talk this one out. So I have in my head kind of who I'm, I'm going with here, but I have to talk it out and kind of explain my reasoning behind it. So we're talking about Chris Buescher versus Ricky Stenhouse Jr. We love this matchup. I, I talk about it a lot. Books seem to like these two head-to-head. Um, talk about how they swap rides a couple years ago. And I, for some reason, they're always matched up against each other on the books. So the odds that we're looking at here are Chris Busher minus 137, with Stenhouse being a plus 100 underdog. Now, when I saw that, my first inclination was to say to myself, holy shit, Chris Busher must be pretty good at Martinsville. Maybe I can get him for good value in the top 10. That was where my head went, right? Because when you see anybody in a head-to-head matchup plus 100 for NASCAR head-to-heads, that's a big deal. Like plus 100 is a, a big deal because most of the time they're matching guys up that are even odds or you know slightly underdog. But plus 100, really different value. It's a good value for the gambler. So I'm saying to myself, all right, well, Chris Busher, this must be a heavy, one-sided matchup. He must be great here. And the answer to that is no, he's not. So when we're looking at all these metrics, I'm going to lay them out there to you. Busher has the advantage, but it's a slight advantage. So let's talk through this here. And, and by the way, they both have three top 20s in the last six races, which, okay, you know, that's the, the foundation here. Average finish. Busher's 20.0. Stenhouse, 22.8. You know, not a wide range there, but he has the edge. Driver rating. 
Chris Buescher, 62.4. Stenhouse, 54.7. Okay, so that one there, that's a bit of a, a dip, bit of a, a lead in that stat. Average running position, Busher, 21.2. Stenhouse, 23.6. Has the edge, but it's not a huge edge. Average pass differential. So this is passing more cars than you've gotten past, right? It, it's a plus minus result. So if you're getting past more than you're passing on green flag laps, then your number will be minus. Both these guys are minus. I mean, they're, they're not heavy hitters. Uh, but it's for Ricky Stenhouse, minus 2.8. So that's not as good as Chris Buescher, minus 2.5. But it's off by three-tenths. So what we're saying here is Buescher, yes, in all of those scenarios, has the edge. But they're not like wild advantages like we saw in the matchup right ahead with Newman versus Dylan, right? That was a domination in the stats. This is just a, a slight edge. Now, I got to go, got to be fully transparent here. Busher, head to head in the last six races, is five and one versus Stenhouse, which is very similar to what we saw with Newman and Dylan. But the thing is, why is Stenhouse a huge underdog? I, I don't get it. Giving up minus 137 for Busher doesn't rub me the wrong way if he's just a monster here but I'm not seeing it. So that really leads me to taking Stenhouse because of the extra odds, that boost you're getting at plus 100. That's where my mind's going. Now, if you're looking at just 2021 as a season, Stenhouse starts to really stand out to even more because he has the advantage when we're looking at stats for this season. His average finish is 12.1. Bushers, 15.5. Average running position in 2021, Stenhouse, 14.9. Busher, 16.2. Driver rating, Stenhouse, 77.4. Busher, 73.4. It's the same story, except flipped when we're talking about the races in 2021. So throwing a ton of numbers out there for you in this head-to-head -head matchup, more than most people would probably even like to care about these two guys. So where I'm landing here is that I don't think the edge is big enough to give up the value. I'm going with Stenhouse plus 100 over Chris Buescher because of the 2021 season, excuse me, and because of the odds. They just are too attractive to me to give up. So with that, we will then move on to our big matchup, the, the showdown, the heavyweights, the slobber knocker. It's Denny Hamlin versus Joey Logano. These guys are both going off at minus 115, even odds. It's a great matchup because, well, they're the top two guys in NASCAR. Denny Hamlin, the top guy in the points, and Joey Logano in second in points. In addition to that, I mean, I guess we could consider these guys rivals, right? They clearly don't like each other from past events, so it's a fun matchup to break down. So let's start with Denny Hamlin. We said earlier he's going off as one of the favorites. We liked him in the odds bet. Uh, but he's the points leader by a whole race, plus 58 points. Back to second place, which is Joey Logano. But that seems a little sneaky to me. I mean, people have talked about how Hamlin may be, quote unquote, struggling. But then when you look at the points, he's killing it. He doesn't have any wins this year but he's just kind of pointing everyone to death. And now he's in first place in the points. So 
pretty crazy that he has that type of lead. I mean, he's got six top fives in seven races. I don't know if I'm just like not paying attention to the 11, but that doesn't compute with me. Like he just doesn't seem like that's true, but of course it is. And he's also solid at Martinsville. His average finish in the last 10 races is 13.7. That's 10th out of everyone. And when we look at the last six races, he improves that average finish up to 9.7. So that's something you want to see improvement lately. Average running position is 9.8. That's good enough for eighth. And his driver rating is six. So all great things for the guy who's leading the sport right now in points in the standings. So then you flip it over to Joey Logano. He's the best in the field when we come to stats at Martinsville collectively, right? So when we look at everything together, Joey Logano stands out as the best stats guy here. Average finish is fourth, 8.7. Drive rating is second. Average running position is first, 6.2. So when you just focus more recently, all of his data points improve, which is what we want to see. We've called a couple guys out who have done that on this podcast. So that just further cements the fact that he's the guy here at Martinsville. So if you're someone who just wants to look at the stats and the stats alone, you say, well, Denny, he's got some kick-ass numbers here. And he does. But Joey's are much better. And there's no getting around that. So looking at it that way, Joey has to be the pick. I mean, he's further up the charts than Hamlin is across the board here. Joey has got five out of the last six races. He's finished in the top 10. And he's got back-to-back top five. So he's got momentum. He's got what we need. Head-to-head in the last six, these guys are tied 3-3. And I think Joey Logano is going to break the tie, the game seven, if you will, this weekend, minus 115 against Denny Hamlin. I typically try to avoid betting on like back-to-back winners happening when I do my picks to win. But when I see somebody like this, I got to get some action on Logano. Even though he won last week, I don't think that jinx applies in this head-to-head matchup. So lock it in. Logano, kind of surprised I'm saying that, uh, over Hamlin, minus 115. So to recap, we have that one. Stenhouse, because of the odds, plus 100. And Ryan Newman over Austin Dillon in what I would say is the lock of the week, minus 115. Get them all while they're hot. So that's going to do it for another episode of the Full Tank with Phil podcast. Good to be back after the off week. And remember, it's a night race on Saturday night. So get those picks in early. Get them in often. If you have something you love, send it my way on Instagram at Full Tank Phil. Love to hear from you. Remember, drive fast, take chances, and we'll see you next time. Hopefully for Richmond next week. Go. Hell no place to go.